Hey there. You know what I'm going to say? It's Misha. Have you ever had that thing happen when you're on total autopilot? Like there's a cup of coffee sitting in front of you one morning, but you have no memory of making it? Or you're in the middle of driving and you think, wait, I have like no recollection of the last 10 minutes. How am I almost home? It happens to me so much that a couple years ago, I decided to go to a silent meditation retreat and snap myself back to the present. I came back from the retreat and that feeling of presence, it lasted for a bit. I noticed every itch on my body. I wasn't thinking about Instagram when talking to my best friend. I wasn't just going through the motions. But... I didn't really meditate every day after the retreat like I was supposed to. And like all things, the feeling present thing faded with time. Like a year later, I come home from work, open my fridge to make myself some dinner, and I find my laundry on one of my shelves. No matter how hard we try to be present, sometimes it's the things that we can't control that actually snap us back into the moment. Tell me who you are and what you're best known for. Oh, man. I don't want to get too philosophical with this. (laughs) (laughs) Rami Youssef is a thinker. Like, he gets deep. I just came from therapy, so that question's like, whoa, who am I? Like, that's that's where (laughs) I'm like, you know, I honestly don't fucking know. Sometimes a little too deep. I do stand up. I'm a writer. I'm an actor. And I uh, have a show coming out next month on Hulu called Rami, which is also my name, Rami Youssef. This is a story about what happens when autopilot isn't an option. And what better setting for a story about personal discovery than a college in suburban New Jersey? I feel like college is, is one of those things where the facade of, you know, who you're being for your community and your family and your parents and expect it kind of like comes to a head. So I went to school for political science and economics. So I'd go to like two, three classes in the morning and then I'd take the train. I was in Newark. I'd take the train from Newark into New York and I'd work at Apple. And then I'd go to the night acting class. I'd get out of this three hour acting class at like 11, get on the train, go back to Jersey, get to sleep, at like 1 a.m. and then do it all over again. I immediately was like, I can't do this. There was this moment, and I still don't know how it happened because they, they don't really tell you. I was like, it was like 5 a.m. or something this one morning, and I and I kind of like wake up and I have this like headache, and I'm just like running around like crazy, and I try to like just put myself back to sleep. And I do for a little and then I wake up at like 7.30 and I go to the bathroom and I'm like washing my face. I go to brush my teeth and I'm brushing my teeth and the water and the toothpaste like won't stay in my mouth. It's like dribbling out of my mouth. It's like it's like falling and then I'm like, huh. And then I look in the mirror and, and I realize that my face is like kind of slanted and then I'm like trying to move my mouth and, and I realize, oh, my mouth isn't working. I'll I'll never forget the feeling I felt in that moment because it's just really bizarre because your mouth works your whole life and then suddenly you just can't move it. 
and I just had this feeling of uh, helplessness and and almost like a little bit of like a betrayal. Like I was like, my body's betraying me. Like what is what is happening? Like this isn't working the way that it should. I was like, this is this is fucked up. Like, why is this happening? And, 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 and it's this mix of like fear and confusion and anger. And, and it's kind of very childlike, actually. You know, I, I think I felt like a child. Support comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media. VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. I Google immediately, like, mouth not moving. And and I think it might have even auto-completed like toothpaste, <laughs> like or like like tooth, you know, brushing teeth, like whatever. This is, I guess, this is how people find out. And then the doctor was like, didn't know at first. And I was like, I, dude, I googled it. It spells palsy. Like I know what the thing is. Like tell me what to do next. That's good. Yeah, it's not a stroke because you don't have other stroke things. So yeah, it spells palsy. Just immediate confusion, you know, set in. I had the school plan, and then I had the acting class plan, and uh, and I also had a job so I could save money. And um, and then I got this thing, and and you know you go to the doctor and you're like, how long is it gonna last? And they're like, um, you know, it could be three weeks, could be six months, could be forever. And immediately it's like, oh, okay, there's no more plans. And I was like, yeah, it was the first time in my life where I was like, I had to like give in to not knowing what was going to happen. But when you're a planner, what do you do in that situation? You go back to work. It was interesting because you're selling phones and stuff and your face is kind of weird and but no one really noticed it was interesting because people didn't really notice because they don't know you and they didn't really bat an eye right so it's like I know I talking kind of weird but to the new person kind of coming in they're like oh I don't you know whatever hey help me find this thing and and even though they were not really focused on me and more focused on a MacBook Pro or whatever oddly enough it's strangers who are the most comforting to Rami they're so concerned with their own lives that they don't even notice that there's something wrong with him. It was still subconsciously very nice to be around a bunch of people who didn't have any sort of expectation of what you should look like, therefore didn't realize that something was off, and then you could just go about the day. And so um, that was really important. Made me evaluate a lot of the things like my relationship to my body, to my face, But it also made me kind of prioritize the things that actually were important to me. I do think there's always a big difference between, you know, what you believe and then what you do. I think this experience helped make that gap a lot smaller because I I realized, you know, what was important to me and and what I needed to do. I started going back to acting class. I 
think it was probably like two months in. I just remember one morning, I was I had fallen asleep on the couch, and then I woke up and my eye was twitching, and I was like, "Oh man, this is amazing! I can move. Like it's gonna move. It's gonna start healing." Because they they would just keep saying like, "Wait for the twitch. Wait for the twitch," and then my eye started twitching, my cheek started twitching, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is like, this is amazing." What what ended up happening with this is when it got better, I um. I immediately dropped out of school. I dropped out of university. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just, I'm going all in on acting. And then three weeks later, I book an acting job that takes me to LA. And then the following month, I moved to LA to be a working actor on a TV show. He spends like a few years in LA. And then a couple years ago, he finally goes back home to Jersey. And he and his friend from high school, they decide to catch up. Rami offers to pick his friend up. After I moved to L.A., I hadn't really driven around my town for like six or seven years. And I pick up a friend. We go out, and then I take him to his place. It's my friend from high school. I take him to his place, and we're, we're, we're driving down the street. And as we're talking, like I'm not even paying attention to the road. And I totally subconsciously just swerve out of the way of this pothole that's on the road. And we keep going and I drop him off. And then I was like sitting in my car for a moment after he got out. And I couldn't stop thinking about this because I was like, oh, man, I haven't been down this street for like maybe seven years. And I somehow remembered that there was this pothole in the middle of the road. Like I, I like very unconsciously was like, oh, yeah, this thing's here. And, and it hit me in this way. How much do we internalize like that? Like how many things like just like we hit a bump once and then for the rest of our lives, we just swerve around them. Like, how many emotional potholes am I, like, just, like, swerving around? I think we all have really deep understandings of the path we're supposed to be on. And there are a lot of things around us that convince you otherwise or place you otherwise. And so, so much of that is just you trying to return to yourself. For me, it's... Submitting is just going really inward on that feeling and um, not trying to change it, trying to accept it and trying to embrace it because that's the change. Looking back, it's it's so formative and it was, you know, it's very bizarre the way those dominoes kind of fell from, you know, from that, that one morning and, and it's exciting that it happened. And I think I got to that point while I had it of being a little excited at having the restraint, you know, and, and, and at having that barrier because it was almost kind of freeing. I was like, okay, like nothing I did wrong made this happen to my face. It just happened. So I'm not blaming myself and I'm able to just give in, you know, and, and, and really kind of see things for what they are. You can learn more about Rami on his new Hulu show called, what else? Rami. It came out on April 19th, so not too late to catch up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed and written by me and Mary Knopf. Mary Knopf is my producer, and don't tell James Kim, but she has the best style in the office. 
Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KPCC, and she is also our editor. Valentina Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our engineers. Our beautiful music is by David Leinard. Our incredibly dedicated graphic designer is Stephanie Kraft. You can find incredible illustrations of all our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to Emin Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. And if you really love us, go to kpccpodcast.org, donate $35 and get this super cute pink Tell Them I Am t-shirt. We'll be back tomorrow with another story.